This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. Well, I want to set up the illustration I'm about to tell you. My three grandchildren from Stuttgart, Germany, they're ages nine, seven, and five, were visiting, and they sang a song or a hymn in German And right before I preached. It was a big deal to me as a grandparent and as someone who only sees his grandchildren twice a year. It was special. I want to set that up as you hear the story, and we'll get into the message on this, the Lord's Supper. The two girls said, we're not singing. And then they finally said, we're singing. And then Charlie said, I don't know if I'm going to sing. So it just, the drama was pretty rough on me. Just the drama of, are they going to sing? Are they not going to sing? But I think they did all right. There's no other passage of Scripture that is more familiar to me than the Scripture we study today. And you say, it's because you memorized it, Randy. No, it's not really because of memorization. I've heard it week after week, month after month, year after year in my childhood, high school years, at my home church in Hammond, Indiana, because every time communion, the Lord's Supper was served, someone read from one of the passages about communion and one that we read today where Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. I'm hoping to say something about communion today that you've never heard before. I really am. And I purposely do that. I don't want to share just 10 things that you've already heard 20 times. My goal in a sermon is if you can learn one thing that you've never heard before, one thing about the subject matter, one thing about the scripture, then I have accomplished my goal. And that is to share the truth of God's word with you. So we're going to look at a passage. And as you hear it, you say, well, I've heard that since childhood, read over and over. But I'm going to tell you something about what communion means to your life by telling you a story at the end of the message where a man was ready to commit suicide. And somebody offered him the Lord's Supper in a place that's unbelievable. And he said it stopped him from taking his own life. There's power in the Lord's Supper. There's power in communion. We're studying Mark, the 14th chapter today. Last week, we talked about the second coming of Christ, where Jesus talked about his return. And if you don't remember anything else from last week's sermon, you already know it, many of you do. No one knows the hour or the day. No one. Not even the angels in heaven, Jesus said, know that. And said, yet, so when you hear a man or woman today in 2019, Say, I know when the Lord's going to return. It's going to be on this date and this year or whatever. You know, they're violating the very scripture of God where Jesus himself said, no one knows even the hour or the day. We're in Mark 14 where he's giving the disciples his last Passover meal. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. It begins at verse 12. The disciples left, went into the city and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared, underline that in your mind, they prepared for the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. 
one who is eating with me. What a statement. They were saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely not I. It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it was written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Well, this message on communion will continue tomorrow on Crossope. That's crossope.org. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it. This is my body. When he took the cup, he gave thanks and offered it to them, and they all drank from it. This is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. He said to them, I tell you the truth, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. One of the things I want to point out to you that I've never heard anyone in my lifetime talk about, this was a meal that had to be prepared for. There was preparation for the meal. You say, what's the big deal about that? Isn't every meal prepared? That's right, it is. When you eat a meal this afternoon, somebody prepared it. You say, well, we're eating McDonald's. Somebody prepared it. There's always preparation for a meal, and it isn't it interesting? We prepare for the Lord's Supper. It's interesting that David would mention needing people to help with the preparation of the communion emblems because preparation is needed. These emblems just don't magically appear on Sunday morning. Someone lovingly prepares them, or several people prepare it. So there's preparation. But there's something that maybe you've never thought about. There was a cloud over that meal. You say, what do you mean? It was a shadow. Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. And what a dramatic moment it was. Here he is with the people closest to him, his followers. And Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. And they all ask, is it me? Surely not I. I want to tell you something. You've been at meals in your lifetime where there's been a shadow. You say, what do you mean by that? Some of you may have had a Christmas or a Thanksgiving meal recently where it was first Thanksgiving or first Christmas without somebody. There was a shadow over that meal because of that. Or the other side of the coin is you might be at a Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner where you have the sense, this is dad's last Christmas with us. This is mom's last Thanksgiving with us. And you understand that. That's how, there's powerful things, though the shadow over the meal. And they had the shadow over this Passover meal. And Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. Let me give you a little background on the Passover meal. This was a command of Scripture in the book of Exodus that the people of God, the Israelites, were to recognize the Passover. What was it? Before the Israelites left Egypt, the firstborn of all of Egypt and all of the country in Egypt were condemned to die, except those who the death angel, this is a very dramatic and very upsetting to some people to think about this, the death angel was going to go through Egypt and the firstborn would, would die unless the front door of the house and the side panels were covered, sprinkled with the blood of a lamb. Very symbolic, and you don't have to be a rocket scientist or a Bible scientist to understand it is that Jesus was telling them that the Passover was a foretype 
of what was going to happen with the blood of Christ on the cross. And this is why this is important. When the death angel came over Egypt, he saw the blood and he passed over that house. Next house, saw the blood, passed over. You say, what's the big deal about that? I want to tell you something about forgiveness that I know there are men here that need to hear today. And there are women here that need to hear this. Well, tomorrow when we continue this message, I'm going to say one of the most important things I believe I've ever said about forgiveness. And I really mean that. I don't think I've ever said it before in a message, but you'll hear it tomorrow on Crosshope. Our website is crosshope.org. One word, crosshope.org. I want to tell you something about forgiveness that I know there are men here that need to hear today. And there are women here that need to hear this. So many men and women have had things happen in their life. They feel like I've got a bargain with God. You know, I I make a deal with him. Lord, if I promise to attend church the next 26 weeks, the next six months, will you forgive me for what I've done? And I know men and women who've tried to make deals like that in their own mind. Lord, if I promise to read the Bible every day, will you forgive my sin? Will you give me a second chance? And this is what you've never heard before, perhaps. All that matters is this. He sees the blood. The blood of Christ over your life, the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sins. And while you and I are making our deals with the Lord, God Almighty saying, I just want to know that the blood of Christ is on you and over you. That's why it's important to understand as unpleasant as it may sound, the blood of Christ is involved in your salvation and your forgiveness. And some people say, boy, that's such a grisly thought. It is. But in the same way that the death angel came over Egypt and saw the blood and he went to the next house and he saw the blood, that was the protection The blood of Christ must be, get this, over your life. How does it happen? When you acknowledge that Jesus Christ died for your sins, you accept everything that he accomplished on the cross, you appropriate it into your life, and that's how it happens. When he sees the blood, it makes a difference. You've seen it on television. I know you've seen the place in India called the Taj Mahal. The famous building, it's a building that's magnificent. I've never seen it. I've been to India five times on mission trips, but I never saw it. I've been told by someone who's been there, said it's the only building, he said, that I saw, I've seen in my life that lived up to its hype. And I think I knew what he meant. In other words, it was greater than what he thought it was going to be just by seeing it in person. And I don't know if you know the story of it, but the Taj Mahal was built by an emperor many years ago, I think in the 1600s, who built it as a tomb for his wife that would cost probably a billion dollars or more today to build. But he built it in memorial, in memory of his wife. We have a memorial that we celebrate every week. It's not made of brick and stone. It's not made out of ornate jewels and diamonds. It's the loaf and the cup. And that's our memorial every single week as we remember the death of Christ on the cross. I hope you appreciate it. I hope you appreciate it. 
the um, Lord's Supper is important because you do tend to take it for granted when you take it every week, and I'd be the first to admit it, you do. And you know how I've told people that you can do a, this little device in your life so you don't take it for granted? Here it is. You ready? Remember something you did as a sin this week. Makes it brand new. All I have to do, all you have to do is think of one time you lost it and you let somebody have it. You used God's name in vain. You had a thought you shouldn't have had. You remind yourself of that. And all of a sudden, the Lord's Supper takes on a whole new meaning because it's fresh. And you know that's what covers my sin is not my good deeds and not my walking the straight and narrow. It's the blood of Christ. Always has been, always will be the, the blood of Christ. Well, part four tomorrow on CrossHope. Our website is crosshope.org. I don't know if any of you have been a part of a church, and I haven't been, where they do foot washing. Anybody just curious, have you ever been in a foot washing service? Several of you have, and it's very humbling what I've been told. It's something that Jesus did with his disciples. Washing the feet of someone is very humbling. Have somebody sit on a chair and you come up with a pail of water or a bowl of water and a towel and you wash the dust off their feet, which was a gesture of hospitality and humility. And to do that with somebody was very humbling. And Jesus, the Son of God, did that with his disciples. A well-known woman Bible study speaker was asked to talk about it at a conference for women. And she said, do you want me to prepare and have a foot washing as a part of what I do? And the leader of the group said, oh, no, I don't want you to do that. She said, if you do that, half the women won't show up because they'll think it's so strange. And the other half will be getting a pedicure all day, getting their their toenails clipped all day. I thought that was an interesting response. But isn't it something that is interesting to me that's uncomfortable to people? It was an act of humility that Jesus performed for his disciples. But don't forget, the ultimate act of humility was the cross. The ultimate act of humility was Jesus dying on the cross. We have trouble with what Jesus may have done for people, but know that he did something far more humiliating, and that was to give his life on the cross. And so when we take communion, every time we eat the bread, every time we drink the cup, we are to remember the Lord's death. Why? It's very personal. The Lord's death, please don't believe that it's just a general event in church history. And yep, that's one of my boxes I got to check off that we know about the death of Christ. It's very personal for you and for me. I don't even know if this girl is still alive because this was written in 2010. She may be dead by now. Her name was Clarice Precious Jones, was an obese Harlem teenager, pregnant as a result of being violated by her mother's boyfriend, who was her father. It's just an unbelievable childhood this girl went through, unrelenting abuse. And she was rejected by everyone in her mind. No one loved her. And so she told a teacher, no one cares, nobody loves me, nobody has ever loved me. And the only thing this teacher knew to do 
was to get on her knees in front of this girl sitting in a chair and told her about Christ and told her what the Lord had done for her. And she doesn't know. She said, I don't know what it did, but I wanted her to know that here there was a girl with a broken heart that she was loved freely with an unconditional love that could save her life. That's what I'm doing for you today in a figurative sense. You may think that no one cares in your family. No one cares in your circle of influence. But there is one who manifested that love to you on the cross, and his name is Jesus. Well, at the beginning of the message, I told you we were going to end with a powerful story about the power of communion, and I'm going to do that tomorrow on Crosshope. It absolutely, positively, to me, is the most powerful illustration of what communion or the Lord's Supper can do in a man or woman's life. I want you to hear it tomorrow on Crosshope. If you're anxious to hear it, you can go to our website, crosshope.org, and listen to it today. But that's going to be the topic of our last day together on this subject of the Lord's Supper, what the Lord's Supper can do in your life. Our website, again, is crosshope.org. The story that I want to tell you about the power of communion is this. I had a minister friend in Columbus years ago who had a summer ministry with a church in England where he traded pulpits. It would be an interesting experience. He went to England and preached at this one particular church for three months. And then the minister of the church in England came over to Columbus and preached in Columbus for three months. They did a pulpit exchange, I think is what it's called. While he was in England, the minister friend said he met another much older minister, this was years ago, who was a soldier in World War II for the British Army. He was captured by the Germans, went to a German prison camp in Poland. And he said, what people don't talk about, and I'd never thought about it till he talked about it. He said that so many of the prisoners just committed suicide because they were starving to death. They had nothing to eat. He said, we had a one thin bowl of soup and a piece of bread once a day. That was it. You and I wouldn't last too long with that kind of diet, just a thin soup and then a piece of bread. And he said many of the men that were there would commit suicide. And you know how they did it? All you had to do to end your life was run toward the fence and literally jump on the fence like you were trying to climb it. And death was immediate. You were shot. That was it. It was a horrible existence. It wasn't Hogan's heroes, believe me. It was a terrible existence. And this minister told my minister friend from Columbus, he said, I was thinking of doing that. I was thinking of committing suicide. We were starving to death. We couldn't, we had no energy. And he said, I walked out into the yard one day when we had some time. And he said, I walked to the fence. He said, I didn't grab it. I didn't touch it. I just walked to the fence, just thinking about ending my life. He said, I heard some rustling outside the fence, outside the barbed wire. He knew that somebody, and he thought at first it was a guard. And so he looked, and it was a Polish farmer who just walked up to him. And the Polish farmer had a piece of potato in his hand. And he stuck it through the fence and handed it to this minister, and he said, this is the body of Christ. 
do this in remembrance of me. And that's all he said and walked away. And that minister said something happened in his spirit when to have a stranger, a total stranger with this heavy Polish accent say, this is the body of Christ. Do this in remembrance of me. What do you feel when you take communion? So I've never had that experience. No, you haven't. Neither have I. But you know what? We can appreciate what the Lord has done. Maybe the next Sunday when you take communion and you take that piece of bread, you say body of Christ, and you hold that in the cup and say the blood of Christ, it can have great significance in your life and in your future because of what it represents. The blood of the covenant is a phrase I want you to go home with. The blood of the covenant. The blood of the covenant. The blood of the covenant. Why am I emphasizing the blood of the covenant? Because it emphasizes to you, you have a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, made a covenant with you. And he made a covenant with me, and that covenant was sealed. Not with ink. You ever had somebody said, let's, let's ink the deal, let's seal the deal. It was sealed with the very blood of Christ. Our website is crosshope.org. You've been listening to Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Cross Hope is listener-supported and is produced by Cross Hope Ministries, Incorporated.